0: Thank you worship team. You can be seated and our team's going to come back out in just a few minutes and we're going to close our services worshiping and thanking God together. But it's so good again to be with all of you. Did you know that according to our own Cleveland Clinic, uh, that our brains process about 70,000 thoughts a day, right? And some of you are like, "Mm, not mine. And then others of you are like, I know hers does or his does, right? Yeah, yeah. But here's the, here's the, here's the, the, the sad fact, though. Out of those 70,000 thoughts a day that we think, 80%, according to the National Science Foundation, 80% of our thoughts are negative. That's, an, that's unreal. And then when you add to that the thought that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive, what kind of life does that lead to? You know, it's it's easy, especially in our day and age and everything going on in our world. There's, there's so many hard things. There's so many uh, heavy things. There's so many frustrating things. I mean, man, we're in political season, and so there's all these tensions as well. And it's easy, isn't it, to just kind of go into, like, negative override. You ever done that before? You know, like, just, you know, it's just like... The day just all starts off wrong, right? I mean, the alarm clock, it it didn't go off on time even though you thought you had set it and then and then you know, you you're making coffee or or you 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 had scheduled the coffee. It was supposed to turn on automatically, but then it didn't. And so then finally you get down to the kitchen and you're ready to quick fill it up and jump in the car to head to work and there's no coffee and it's like, "Well, how are we going to function?" right? You know, and and then so you so you're you're running late and so then you you you, you, you finally get your coffee, but then you get in the car and you go over a bump and, and then it jostles the coffee and now you've got coffee all over. You ever had one of those days and one of those times where, where it's just like, come on, like Murphy's law is in full force like over your life, right? And it's easy to go into negative override. And even if we don't realize it, sometimes it's, it's more subtle. It's deep down inside of us. There's just this this gnawing, this, this negativity. But what if I told you that there's, to, to use uh, Superman terms, there's, a, there's an all-powerful kryptonite that can go against the flow of our often negative thought patterns, and that kryptonite is the idea of giving thanks. Giving thanks. That's what we want to think about together this weekend. And uh, maybe you don't consider yourself a negative person, but maybe there have been seasons or there have been moments in your life where you found yourself slipping into negative override. And the antidote to that is always Thanksgiving. It's gratitude. It changes things. And we want to hone in on uh, Psalm 136 this weekend, which is an entire psalm that's all about gratitude. It's all about Giving thanks to the Lord. It's what we sang in our prelude song. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. That's what Psalm 136 begins with. He says, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 2, give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. What's crazy is in in this psalm alone, 12 times the psalmist is challenging God's people. At this time, it was the Old Testament gathering of saints, the Israelite nation, and and David is writing this psalm. It's really a song that they would sing together, and 12 times he calls them, he he exhorts them, he challenges them to give thanks, 12 times. And then in this psalm, 26 times. It gives the overriding reason that no matter what is going on in life, we can give thanks. Because His, God's faithful love, it endures. And it endures forever. It's going to endure. It's going to carry us. It's going to hang in there with us. And not just for today and not just for tomorrow. And not just at the end of our life. Into all eternity, God's love is going to endure. And because of that fact, we can always give thanks. So I want us to take a few moments. John Collins, he puts it this way. He says, this hymn, because that's really what Psalm 136 is, it calls on the worshiping congregation, he says, to give thanks to the Lord who has shown his steadfast love, throughout the history of God's people. And this is what this is what David the psalmist was doing. He was taking the people on a journey through their history, through their past. They were probably facing some things that were overwhelming, that were heavy, that were hard. And, and David's solution to that, instead of going into negative thinking and negative override, is to look back and see God's track record, his faithful love, how it endures so that we can have a change of mindset and give thanks. And in the text, in Psalm 136, I see four key things that he brings to their remembrance that I think, uh, man, we would do well to remember as well as we approach Thanksgiving even, even together as a church family. And the first thing that they thank God for in this psalm is they thank God for being the creator. Look at the text with me. It says, Give thanks to him alone who does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. He says, Give thanks to him who placed the earth upon the waters. For his faithful love endures forever. He goes on to expand on creation. He says, Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights his faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day. His faithful love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule the night. See, it's like David is painting this picture of all creation and, and, and challenging people to say, man, just stop and look around. There's reason to be thankful. Even if, if God didn't do anything, just to bless us and give us this incredible planet we call Earth to live in, to enjoy. I mean, he talks about the stars at night and the, and the moon. I think about lately, uh, our son Carter and I, we've been taking a lot of walks. And usually it's, you know, midday or afternoon or, you know, after work or whatever. But we, recently, uh, he, one night he just couldn't get settled down. He's like, can we go for a walk? I'm like, Carter, it's like 9.30, it's like you know, and it, Shoot, it was dark since 4.30, right? Because that's how it is these days. Uh, and and uh, so, so these, we're calling them night walks. And uh, I tell you what, it's, it's been special. Like in the cool of the evening and just walking in the dark and looking up and seeing, seeing the stars, seeing the moon, the brilliance of it all. And the psalmist, he's just challenging the people to, to thank God for being our creator. Uh, I think about earlier in the verse, he talked about, he, he, he put, the, put the land in place and, and the, the, the waters that are. Um, I grew up in um, that, that place up north. I don't like to brag about that or say it too loud for fear of tomatoes getting thrown at me um, here in Ohio country, but, uh, but grew up on Lake Michigan and uh, love just always have loved lake life. And I remember we, we were living in the Akron area, I, and I mean, I remember the first time that somebody was like, hey, let's go to the beach in Akron. And like, they took us to like, this man-made hole of dirty water, and they're, oh, they, they said, yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, it's really nice, it's there's sand, it was like kitty litter, it was like a dust bowl. Like, I, I mean, you walk to the water, and you're already filthy, and then you get out of the water, and then it all sticks to you, and this is not just, like, sand that you brush off. It's like, just, and I remember when we felt God calling us elsewhere, and Lisa, I remember Lisa coming to me. She's like, well, where do you think God's going, going to lead us? And right away, I was like, well, Michigan or Florida? And she's like, she's like okay, I kind of get Michigan, because, you know, we have family in Michigan. She's like, but Florida? And I said, Well, I don't know if this is a, a God thing or a Todd thing. Because sometimes they're very closely tied. Or at least I think one is the truth, but it it's maybe isn't. But I said, I don't know if this is a Todd or a God thing, but I I feel like God is going to call us back on the water. Like if He really loves me, He's going to call us on the water. And I thought to myself, well, Michigan, it's surrounded by water and filled with inland lakes. And Florida, it's surrounded by water and filled with inland lakes. So those are, the best, those are my best odds, right? So in some ways, I was, I was wrong, but I was right. And God called us here on the North Shore of Ohio, on Lake Erie, in the islands. And, 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 and I mean, I, I love being out here at our Port Clinton campus. There's something, isn't there, about being in, the, in God's creation? Isn't there something about being on the water? I had such memories of it as, as a kid and as a teenager. And then when I come, came into a relationship with Jesus and realized the God of the universe who made all this made this for us to, like, to enjoy. I remember when we first moved here and our girls, girls were little and we took them to a preschool in Huron and it was right by, the, right by the water and there was a little park there and I would drop Gracie off and then before I went to, back to the church, to the office, I'd just take 10, 15, 20 minutes And I just go sit by the water and just breathe, just rest, just read God's word. In the psalmist, he's pointing uh, God's people back to creation, and not just to creation, to the creator, the one who made it for us to richly enjoy. And then he goes on in Psalm 136 to point out not only is God our creator, and we can give him thanks for that, but God is also our deliver. Remember, he's speaking to the Old Testament people, the, the Israelites. I mean, the, the people that had, had been in in, Israel, uh, in Exodus and had been uh, just, I mean, completely uh, entran- entranced in, in slavery and suffering. And who was it that led them out of Egypt? It was God himself using his servant. and And he was challenging the people. Who knows what they were facing when they were reading this psalm or singing this psalm, what was going on in their lives that particular day. But David knew we've got to take people back to their history to remember that God has delivered them. Because no matter what's going on, then we can give thanks. And and in the text, he points this out in several places. But in verse 16, he says, "...give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness." I mean, the wilderness, it was like a desert, barren land of suffering. But God led them through with a fire at night and a cloud by day. And he brought his people into a land that God's word says was flowing with milk and honey, uh, just a rich and spacious part of God's creation. And he was reminding the people to remind themselves that we can always thank God because he is a deliverer. I wonder, how has he delivered you? What has he gotten you through? I'm not talking about right now, maybe it's hard or you don't see the deliverance yet of whatever it is that you might be facing. But I bet if you just pause, if you just think back, you can think of some times where you go, man, God had my back. He was watching out for me. Oh, he got me through. He got me out. He delivered me. He rescued me. He saved me. You see, there's always a reason to give thanks for the faithful love of the Lord endures forever. And David was pointing the people to God, the creator, and God, the deliverer. And then he reminds them that God was also their provider. I mean, even while they're in the wilderness, I mean, he's showering down bread from heaven and providing for their needs, right? Uh, The the text in in, in verse uh, 21 says, God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. Like the land that they went into, it wasn't their land, but God gave it to them. And it was an inheritance for them. They were rich then because of... Of what they had in the land. I mean, in that day and age, wealth, it wasn't monetary, it was land, it was livestock. And man, God had blessed them and provided for them in so many ways. And this is why we too can give thanks. I mean, hey, we may have a little or we may have a lot. And truthfully, compared to most of the world, even when we think we have a little, we have a lot. (laughs) God is a provider. I wonder how has he provided for you. I bet, I bet in this room there's stories of people that man the cupboards were bare or the the gas tank was empty or man there wasn't enough uh in the in the in the checking account for the rent that month and and somehow miraculously mysteriously God provided. He used a friend. He used I don't know, I mean, you, you, an unexpected check shows. I remember I remember back in Bible college, like, hearing stories like that and be like, oh, yeah, must be nice. It never happened to me. And I remember thinking, living life thinking, oh, I'll, those kinds of miraculous God-providing-for-you stories, that won't happen in my life. And then it did. Again and again and again. I remember when when we f- felt like God was calling us to go to seminary, and Lisa and I, I mean, parents helped out as much as they could, but we had a lot of student loan debt, and we're like, there's no way we can add more to this. And we're like, the only way I'm going to go to seminary is if, I mean, God's going to have to provide, I don't know. And I mean, I got a, I got a job, and we were grateful for that, and, and I, I remember we were in, only into the second semester of seminary, and uh, I got a call. From the finances office, and I'm like, oh man. And I knew how much was going to be due, and I, I mean, there just wasn't any in the bank account. And I, I go down to the finance office. I don't know if I've told you guys this story, and uh, they said, yeah, they said, uh, you us just go right in there and talk to that person. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I felt like I was going to the principal's office. Like, oh man, and I mean, I'm I'm this young, married guy, just trying to like provide for Lisa and trying to do what I thought God was calling me to do, and I'm just feeling like the weight of the world. And I get in the office, and they're like, hey, y'all know, yeah, we, we just needed to let you know something. I'm like, oh, here it comes. And they're like, yeah, um, you're all set. So what do you mean? Like, well, we just wanted to let you know you're all set. I said, what do you mean? I, th- I know, like, the, my seminary bill is due. And they're like, no, no a check came for you. We had no clue. When I was going to Cedarville, uh, Lisa and I, we we served at this little bitty Baptist church. Had a youth group of four kids. And yet this church, they they cared about teenagers so much. They're like, we'd we'd give you a little bit of money every weekend if you'll do a youth group and teach Sunday school for for students. And there was a deacon in that church. And they, they just... They just loved me and Lisa and they loved seeing what God was doing in the lives of four teenagers at their church. One of them was their son. And they said, and I get to the finance officer, they're like, yeah, there's a check here from custom cabinetry. That was his business. And they said that it's going to be covered. Had no idea. But God's a provider. And I bet you May, that may not be your story, but I, there are stories in your life. And and David was reminding God's people to, man, just, you, you better stop and pause because it's easy to forget or to just get overwhelmed and then just kind of go negative. Remember that God's a provider and give thanks. And then finally, at the end of the psalm, it's like David, I, he can't even keep all of his thoughts straight and he's just, he's like just going rapid fire, like, I don't know, he's just, it, it's like... Give thanks to God for his constant care. It's just whatever's going on, whatever is happening, in any season, God has continued to show his care. He says he remembers us in our weakness. When when we feel weak and we don't feel like we're making the cut or we're strong enough to handle it, he remembers us in, 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 in our weakness. It says he saved us from our enemies. There's God's protection that he's reminding the people of. And he gives us food Gives food to every living thing, not just for those that like seek him and uh, follow him and worship him. Like God is so generous and caring and loving that He provides for every living thing. And He says, "Give thanks to the God of heaven, the one that made it all, the Creator." You see how David just pointing it all out and saying, "Guys, give thanks, <laughs> give thanks." There's so much that we can give thanks for. Now, in just two weeks, we're two weeks away from, um, from Thanksgiving, right? And, and I mean, this day is so significant, so special. There's, there's something really, really important for us to understand about Thanksgiving. It's that pumpkin pie is the best pie with lots of whipped cream, said my brother-in-law Brian, amen, because when he, he's here today, because they came up for a party, and like when Brian, sorry Brian, like when, like when he, trust me, he's not alone in this. Some of you like a little bit of pumpkin pie with your whipped cream, right? Like you might as well just, you know, yeah, just start spraying the bottle or lobbing it on. And, and so anyway, that's not really what I was going to talk about. Give thanks. Why, why is it that we pick a day? What happens on the other 364 days? it's so it's so easy the rest of the year, you know pick a day and we gather and we get together with family and we're grateful and man, our tummies are full, and you know God's been generous to us and and and, and we're around with with people that we love and care about most of them anyway you know and, and and we're filled with gratitude, but then like the next day or or at least by the next Monday, and then we're just griping at people in the black black Friday lines and Everybody's angsty and angry and frustrated and negative. See, that, that can all change with the kryptonite of gratitude and thanksgiving every day. And, and Jesus knew this. In, in the New Testament, the word that's most often translated thanksgiving, it's the word Eucharistio. Does, does that word sound familiar? Depending on like your church heritage, your background. Like last weekend, we celebrated what we call communion or the Lord's Supper here. But in some churches, they call it the what? Eucharist, right? They're just using a, a, a Greek word that really means thank you. It, it's, I mean, when Jesus was breaking bread at the last supper with his disciples, uh, it says he took some bread and he gave thanks. Literally, he took bread and broke it and Eucharistus. He gave thanks for it. I love what uh, Ann Voskamp says about this. She says, the root word for Eucharistio is the Greek word charis, which means grace. He says, she says, Jesus took the bread, saw it as grace, and he gave thanks. He Eucharistioed. And it says, Thanksgiving envelops charis, which is grace, but it also holds its derivative in the Greek word kara, which means joy, So what do we have going on when Jesus is breaking bread with the disciples and he gives thanks and says, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me? He's pointing to himself and his ultimate work on the cross and his death, burial, resurrection, and he says, listen, it's my gift of grace to you so you can be thankful and so you can experience real, lasting everlasting joy, all in this one word, in this one move that we can make of thankfulness, of gratitude. Paul understood the importance of thanksgiving as well. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says, um, Always be joyful, never stop praying, and catch this, be thankful in all circumstances. And I know that that is not always easy. It's not easy sometimes, but it says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You know, we spend so much of our lives trying to find God's will for our life, right? Like when you're young, well, what's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? What's God's will for my life? Uh, You're a young adult, you're like, oh, who is God's will for my life? You know, you're, you're looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right. I, I just want to know God's will for my life, you know. Or, and, and then, you know, your career path. I'm like, what's God's will? What does he want me to be? What does he want me to do? And then, then, then like, you know, you lose that job or there's a downsizing or, or it's just a new season and, and you're, you're, you find yourself praying again, well, what's God's will for my life, Florida or Michigan? Oh, no, I guess it's Ohio. You know, whatever it is. And we, we get so consumed with, finding, searching for God's will for our lives that sometimes we forget that he's made it perfectly, plainly clear. And this is one of the places in, in the Bible that it does that. If you want to know how you can for sure be in the very center of God's will for your life, that you can know that God is so pleased with you. It's when, you, when we're giving Thanks when we have gratitude, when we're grateful debtors because God has already done so much for us. It can change absolutely everything. And so as we close our services, I told you the team's going to come and, and we want to sing together. But with, with Psalm 136 as our, as our guide that we just looked at, David reminds the people we can give thanks. He's our creator He's our deliverer. He's our provider. And he's the one that constantly, constantly cares. And so let's take a few moments to reflect. Thank you, God, for being my creator. Thank you for creating us, me, you, in your image, God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what your word says. And thank you, God, for how you've made us for our value and our worth. It comes from belonging to you. Your value and worth, it's not in something that you're going to do for God. Your value and... You are valuable and worthy. You are a treasure worth so much that the God of the universe would sacrifice His one and only Son for you, for me. We can give thanks. Thanks. Thank you, God, for for allowing us to experience the wonders of your creation. It points us back to God's majesty and his goodness. And thank you, God, that you are our deliverer, just like you were for the people of Israel and you brought them out of Egypt. You've delivered me. You've delivered us. Thank you for the ways that you've brought us through various hardships in our lives. Thank you for delivering me from my old life where I was enslaved to sin and shame and fear and guilt. And if you're here this morning and any of that's in your life, maybe he wants to deliver you today and just free you from all that by coming to him in faith. And thank you, God, that you are a provider. Man, just look back over your life. I guarantee you, he's been there. Thank you, God, for always giving me what I need and not always what I want, right? Because he knew better. Thank you for bringing people into my life, into your life, that have encouraged us, right, to become more like Jesus. Thank you, God, for all the little blessings, right, that we so often take for granted. And finally, thank you, God, for your constant care over our lives, for pursuing me, for pursuing you, for pursuing us at times when we were just trying to walk away. Thank you, God, for meeting us in the middle of our utter weakness and our brokenness. Thank you, God, most of all. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Where Jesus did for you and me what we could never do for ourselves. Hey, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his faithful love. It's going to endure. It's going to last. And not just for today or whatever tomorrow holds. It's going to endure forever. That's the God that we get to worship together. Let's stand and sing to him.